Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. We're continuing our series called Supporting Cast, and we're going to be looking at a character today that's going to help us see um, one key aspect in life. Now, uh, to get into that, uh, my family, we we just went on vacation, actually. Uh, the last couple of days we were gone. I uh, went with my parents and, and just spent a few days away, and it was great. Uh, and we went from Wednesday to Saturday. And I'll tell you what, Wednesday, I was like, oh, okay, you know, break from the norm. It's going to be awesome. And the next thing I knew, it's Sunday morning. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, where did that vacation go? I mean, it just a few days goes by so fast. And I'm curious if you've had those months where you take a vacation or where you, you know, kind of walk through some of that, and it just, like, all of a sudden the vacation's over, and you get back to, to your regular routine, it's like, whoa, did I even really go on vacation? Because the thing is, like, we go on vacation, right, to kind of break from the normal, to rest and refresh and rejuvenate. And often, it's to get away from Monday morning, right? Like, we, we show up on Monday morning, we go to work, and it's like, ugh, it's Monday, I got to make myself get up, and I got to, like, you know, bring yourself. And you, you do that, right? Monday morning, you got to go to work. And it just feels like a slog. And it's like, ugh, Monday. Why is that true? Why, why do we have the case of the Mondays? Like, why is that a thing? Where does this kind of slog, this drudgery, like, going to work kind of feeling come from? I want to look at a story today that will help us get at this. We're going to look at the character of Bezalel. Now, you might be like, who is that? Like, I've never heard of that person. And part of the, again, the goal of this series is to spend time with characters we may not have spent much time with before. And today, we're going to look at this character who's from the Old Testament in the time of the Exodus. And his story is so brief but it helps us understand this picture about work. And so that's what I want to do today. I want us to dive into what is work. What is this all about? And how do we have a biblical perspective on our work? So that's what I want to do today. So I invite you, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31. We're going to look at this very brief story of a character called Bezalel. And there's actually a couple of other characters involved too, but this is the guy we're kind of looking at today. But Exodus chapter 31, it's the second book in the Bible. We're going to look at his very brief story. Now, a little context. Um, God's people have just been rescued out of Egypt. They were slaves. God brought them out, and they go to Mount Sinai. And this is where the Ten Commandments are given. You probably have heard of those. This is where God's saying, like, I want to enter into a relationship with you, my people. And here's what it's going to look like. And he gives the Ten Commandments, he gives some other laws, but then he also describes this tent that he wants them to make. It's called the tabernacle. You might have heard of that, maybe you haven't, but it's basically where God wants to dwell with his people. He's like, I want you to build for me a tent, a house, just like you have tents, I want a tent. And here's what it needs to look like. And he gives this full description of all the parameters, the architecture of it, how they're supposed to make it. We pick up our story right at the end of that with what God says to Moses next. So beginning at verse 1 in chapter 31. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Olidiad, who is the son of Amishamach of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. So right here, we get God saying, I want you to build this tent for me, and then I've got people ready to make it. And particularly, he's got this guy, Bezalel, He's like, I've, I've given him my spirit. I've given him wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and he is skilled to do all of the things that I need him to do. Right here, what we see God doing is saying, I give people calling to work. We're called by God to work. That's, that's what we see here. That's an assumption in this story. Bezalel is a guy who's equipped to do a job. And God's calling him to say, like, I, w- I want you to do this for me. Now, this particular story is a special one. Like, he's creating the tabernacle. This is God's house when he's dwelling with the people in the wilderness. And, and so this is a very special kind of thing. But what we see with his story, it is built on a foundation of what work is in the Bible. And so I want to get at that foundation, And so the first thing we see is in verse 2, I have called him. Now, the Hebrew, in your your, uh, translation, it might say I've chosen him. In the Hebrew, it's I have called him by name. God calls us to work. Now, this is grounded from the very beginning of the Bible. So if you want to turn there, we're going to quick go to Genesis 1 and 2. I invite you to turn if you'd like to. But um, what we're going to look at is, is a couple of key verses that help us see that work is part of creation. So chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work, the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So right here, God has been creating the world. He's been making everything. He's making creation. And then we get to the end, and it says that he rested from his work. God is a worker. He has been working at creation Now, the thing to to call attention to here is this happens before the fall. God is a worker, and work is happening before things get bad. And so what we see here is that God has designed creation to include work. And not only that, God himself is a worker, but he has created us to be workers as well. The Bible tells us that he, he makes us in his image. We're like him. And he gives us a job. He's like, I want you to be like me. I want you to rule alongside me. I want you to take care of creation. And even down to one verse, chapter 2, verse 15, when God puts Adam in the garden, this is what it says. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden to work it. 
and take care of it. From the beginning, work belongs in the world. It's good. It's part of the way God has designed things. Work is a good thing. Then why do we have the feeling of Monday? Like, if work is supposed to be part of this, I'm wondering if you're kind of starting to think, like, the things that I do, whether I go to an office or I'm at home or I've got something else, like, work doesn't always feel like it belongs, right? Where is that from? Chapter 3. Adam and Eve, they're in the garden, and they disobey God. They don't trust him, and they mess everything up. They break, break creation. It's damaged. It's not as it should be, and now everything is out of order. And ultimately, we see that work falls to this as well. Work becomes broken. When, when this all happens and God is having some dialogue with Adam and Eve, he says this, this one thing in, in verse 17 and 18 of chapter 3. To Adam, because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree that I commanded you not, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. For from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Right here we see that work becomes broken. Now, I want to clarify something. God does not curse work. He doesn't curse work itself. The ground is cursed. It's the, the toil that we experience from work. He says, you're going you're gonna to work the ground, but thorns and thistles are going to grow up. You're going to, by the sweat of your brow, do the work that you have. Work is still good, but it's broken, and the ground is cursed. Work isn't as it should be. It's why we have the feeling of Monday morning. We do these things, and it feels like drudgery. It feels like burden. It feels like it's challenge because of the fall. Work is not as it should be anymore. Work feels like oppression. Jesus came to redeem us from that very thing. Jesus shows up on the scene. He says, I'm coming to redeem the world. The kingdom of God is coming in my name. And what he does is he frees the world from its bondage, from its curse. He takes the curse in himself, goes to a cross, dies in our place so that now there can be redemption and freedom. The ground no longer has to be cursed. Work no longer has to be a burden. God steps in and does something about it so that our work can be redeemed. Jesus redeems our work. So now we can get back to the original design, the original creation. Now things can be as they're supposed to be. So what does that look like? Like, what's this kind of feel like? How do we avoid this Monday kind of experience? Well, let's go back to Bezalel. Back to chapter 31 in Exodus. So again, God calls us to work. 
And he calls Bezalel specifically for this kind of purpose. But what we see is he doesn't just say, okay, now go do it and figure it out on your own. No, no, no. What does it say? Verse 3, I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. God equips us for the work that he calls us to. We are equipped by him. We're not left on our own, but rather he gives us what we need to fulfill the calling. And so this can can be experienced in a few different ways. As soon as you start a new job, you probably go through orientation. If you're you're stepping into a good company, they're going to show you how to do things, right? This is a grace from the Lord. He's giving you training in the work to which you're called to do. He equips you. We have access to education, to school. We learn so that we can work in life. He equips us. We have knowledge. We have skills. Now, that may come from the external, like someone teaches you, or it may be God-given. He's created you in a particular way. You're wired in a particular way. So maybe you, like, you just get fired up about working with wood. Like you're a craftsman, you love to cut, you love to build things, like that just fires you up. And you're like, where did I get this? Like, I just love it. That is God-given equipping. It can be your passion. It can be your, um, your skill sets inside of you, like natural talents. These are from the Lord. But notice also that he gives wisdom and skills and, and all that kind of stuff. He also gives his spirit. God takes the things that he has gifted you with and directs by the power of his spirit for his purposes to make a difference in the world. So we do it with him. It can be external from other people. We're trained, we're taught. It can be internal inside of us, something that God has designed us for, and it becomes from him supernaturally from the spirit He equips us for the work that he puts before us. We're not left on our own, but he walks with us. So this is part of that movement towards redeeming work. It's doing it with him by his equipping. Now you might be feeling like, man, I don't don't really know what I can do. Like, what are my gifts? What are my talents? Or maybe you do. Maybe you know those things. But if you feel like, man, I don't know what they are. Let me just pause and say, like, start praying about that and then seek wise counsel. Talk to the people in your life, like your spouse, your family, your friends, the people in your life group, and just say, hey, like, what do you see in me? Where do I have gifting? Where do you sense the Lord might have been equipping me and might be continuing to equip me? If you're just like, I I don't really know where to start, seek it from those around you prayerfully And say, Lord, what would you have me step into? Because he equips us. He puts a call on us to work, to contribute, and he equips us for that calling. See where others maybe are picking up on, here's how the Lord might be working in your life. I encourage you to do that. If you're kind of like, I'm not sure where this is, begin to ask. Begin to seek. Now, maybe you're kind of wondering, like, okay, what are we really talking about here? What is work? Are we talking about what I do for my job nine to five? Because if that's the case, like, I really don't want to do that. Okay. Now, it might be that. Or it might be, like, what you do at home. 
It might be your hobbies. It might be your other skill sets. I want to kind of have a broad definition of work here. Like we're talking about all of it. God is asking you to step into that intentionally. Like work, all of this is good. And he's calling you to it. And he's equipping you to do it. Now, again, you might be feeling like, I don't really like my job. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But God equips you for where you are in this season. And he's going to continue to equip you to do the work that he's called you to do in the coming seasons. So he equips us. God equips us to do the work. But our work is not just limited to us. One of the other things I want you to see is that work serves a greater purpose. And this is where it might be helpful for us to think about like all that you do. Like maybe you don't like your job. Well, why do you not like your job? It's like, hey, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit me or, or it doesn't really feel like I'm doing much. Like it's really just a paycheck so we can go on our vacations, right? Like these are the kinds of things that like I do my job for. What if there's more to your job than just that? What if there's more to the work that you do day in and day out? than just getting through it, checking a box. Like staying home and raising children is of the greatest kind of work that we can do. Maybe you feel like it's just something I have to do. I'd rather be doing something else. Actually, your work serves a greater purpose. So back to Genesis, God calls us to work and he says, I want you to be like me, rule over the, the creation with me, take care of it. This is the picture that we get In Genesis 1 and 2, notice what God is doing when he creates. In the first couple of days, this this pattern of creation, he's like making making different arenas or, or spaces. He creates the sky. He creates the waters. He creates the land. Then what does he do? He fills it with life. He puts birds in that sky. He puts fish in that water. He puts livestock on the ground. Like he's filling it with life. This is the pattern of creation. This is the pattern of work. This is what God is calling us to do. When he says, I want you to take care of creation, I want you to build a better world. That is the work that you're doing. As human beings, when I say, like, take care of creation, I want you to build with me. Build a better world than what already exists. That is the calling. That is the equipping that we receive. And that is the the work that we do. So no matter what it is, we are building a better world. So maybe your nine-to-five job is just like, okay, I'm just getting a paycheck. It's We pay the bills. Actually, it is contributing in some way to this building of a better world. Let me challenge you to see what that is. Maybe you feel like it's not something that gives you life. Maybe it's because you're not seeing the purpose. Oftentimes we think of jobs as just that. It's a job. I'm checking a box. I'm getting a paycheck so that I can live my life. That's not what the purpose of work is. The purpose of work is to contribute of ourselves to this building of a better world. That is something we do with the Lord in whatever arena we are. So maybe you're a businessman. Maybe you work in the business sector. When you start to think about, like, what is it that I actually do? 
I mean, I sit at a desk all day and I'm data processing, but like, what am I doing? Well, I'm helping our company do its purpose. Now, a lot of people, it's about the bottom line, but what, what's the product that we sell? Or what's the service that we offer? We're making people's lives better, right? You are, and you're contributing to that. Maybe you're an educator. Maybe you teach in a classroom. You have students who come in who are ready to learn, and what you are doing is you are being given a space. You're being, you're being given their minds, and you are to fill it with knowledge and life, just like God does in Genesis 1. He takes a space, and he fills it with life. Maybe you stay home. Maybe you're at home with kids. These children are going to become adults. Your work is to raise them up in the way that they should go, to contribute to the society that God is building around us. This is the work we're called to do. And it's good. And we're equipped for it. This is our greater purpose. So whatever it is that you do, whether it's something you do on the side, whether it's your nine-to-five job, whether you have some other kind of purpose in life, all of this together is creating a better world. And this is what God is asking of us. This is our purpose in partnering with him. So church family, work does not have to be this drudgery this boring, like, drag me down, kind of feeling like I hate getting up on Monday mornings. I'm only working for the weekend. It does not have to be that. What we do is part of God's plan of making a great world. So wherever you are in life, whether you're at the retirement age, and you're like, I'm kind of done with work. No, you're not. No, you're not. Now, you probably feel like that, right? It's like, when's that going to happen? No. Work is never done. We're always contributing. We're always building for something. So maybe your nine-to-five job is ending, but you're still at work. You're still at work. Or maybe you're, you're in a career that you just kind of don't like and don't want to be. Maybe have a different perspective. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Maybe you need to see your job differently. Or maybe God is asking you to, to take a radical step and to step into something else. Or maybe you don't have a technical job, a nine-to-five kind of thing. You do something a little bit different. You are still contributing to this greater purpose. And it's not just about, like, God kinds of things. Like, my job is not better because I'm a pastor and I'm more close to God. No, 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 no. We are all contributing to this flourishing world. And that brings God delight and pride. He is honored by that. So whatever it is you do, you are contributing and see it that way. So what does this look like actually? Like how do we practically do it? And, and here's kind of the bottom line or the way that maybe if you just can only remember one thing, it's this. It's allow Jesus to transform your work. Allow Jesus to transform your work. For me, I think that looks like three different things that I want to suggest to you. Like, what does it look like for Jesus to transform our work, to, to step in and to help us operate the way that he wants us to? Number one, it's this. Attitude. We want to have a different kind of attitude. We want to find joy in what we do. 
And so I think this is like the internal kind of thing. It's like our mindset, like, okay, I wake up on Monday morning and I just don't feel like I want to go anywhere. It's another Monday, it's another week, it feels like that slog. Right there. All right, Lord, meet me in that. Remind me that there is more going on here than I realize. And help me to take joy in it. And then show up at 9 o'clock at your office and say, all right, what is it that I'm doing? How am I helping people? How am I building a better world? How am I building better things? Take joy in that. Or maybe you wake up and you start with the kids and you're getting them breakfast and that kind of thing. Like Sometimes it can be a slog. And they're always pulling at you. It's like, hey, I need this. Can you give me this? Like, okay. Take joy in the fact that you are contributing to something beyond yourself. Sometimes it starts with our attitude. It starts with the internal perspective that we have. Sometimes it's just what's our mindset in which we approach work. So number one, attitude. Allow Jesus to transform your attitude and to give you joy in what you do. That's number one. Number two, the manner. Do your work in a God-honoring way. So now we, we just talked about attitude, like what's internally, what's my mindset, how am I doing that? Now, how are you actually going about your work? Now, you might be in a profession where it's kind of dicey, you know, and, and honesty often gets set aside, integrity gets set aside because it's all about the bottom line. You're in a prime position to say, how can I operate in a way that honors God? How can I do the right thing, even if it means the bottom line might suffer? I'm going to do things with integrity. I'm going to do things honestly. I'm not going to cut corners. I'm not going to, you know, take advantage of customers. Like, I'm going to do the right thing, even if it costs me a little bit. Because you know why? My work is contributing to building a better world. Am I building a better world by what I do? And maybe that's the shift that needs to happen for you. The work itself is good, but the way that it's happening is not. Do you need to do it in a different way? You might stand out. You might even be kind of ostracized a bit, or you might even suffer a little bit. You you lose out on a promotion. But are you doing it in a God-honoring way? You are paying into and investing into the eternal kind of thing. It's not about the bottom line. That stuff will not endure. Are we doing things in a way that honors the Lord with our work? Ask yourself that question and ask, how can I do this even better? Always evaluate, always look and say, like, what is it that I can do that honors the Lord? That's the manner, number two. Number three, last, the goal. Your work contributes to something bigger. It contributes to that better world. And so have that perspective, like, be aware of what is it that I'm doing That's making the world better. That's furthering the kingdom. Again, it's not all about ministry. Like, that's good work. But there are a lot of other things that are part of this building of a good world. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be working in a church to be building towards God's good ends. Whatever it is you're doing, see the bigger picture. And pursue that. Go and focus on that. It's like, again, it's not about how much profit can we we make. 
It's not about just checking boxes. It's not about making our company's name better. But are we making the world better? Are we doing all that we can to pursue this good, flourishing end? Be aware of the goal. Stay focused on it. And let it drive all the decisions that you make, the best that you're able. So whatever it is that you do, whatever kind of work, whether it's your nine to five, whether you're a student, whether you stay at home, whether it's your hobbies, whatever it is that you can give yourself to that's work, it's good. God has called you to it. He's equipped you for it. It's part of this good process that he is working to build a better world. Step into that. Step into it letting Jesus transform you, transform your work, because he is doing a good thing in our midst. Bezalel experienced that. His was a brief story, a unique kind of thing. He got to build the tabernacle. That is awesome. We're not all going to be able to do something quite that special. You know, it's not that set apart. But all the work that we do is part of God's movement. It's redeeming the world. It's making this world better and flourishing, full of life. That is what we're called to do. Whatever it is that you do to contribute to that, do it with all your heart. And do it for the Lord because it honors him. Allow Jesus to transform your work.